Live from the Talking Joe studios, it's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Hey, 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 it's me, the Chief, joined by my buddy as always, Diagnostic AT, Christopher McLeod. I always do have to do it as a song now. Uh, like everything on this bloody show is a song yes I'm good man how are you doing I am I'll start off now I am tired because I had to kind of semi coordinate a soft release soft semi release and there was no hardware release it was just software Uh, there's going to be so many cartoon boings going on but anyway uh, with the company I work for in the veteran industry, we were releasing some software um, into you know, our live product, and that required me, the people who normally do it, help to coordinate it, we're both off at the same time, so I got drafted in last minute, don't know what I'm doing, basically had to sit on a call overnight from 10.30pm till about 3am oh. this, this morning. It all went fine, but then I had to get up at 6 to take my kid to nursery and I couldn't go back to sleep, so I'm functioning on three hours here. Oh, so that's gross. Be prepared. be prepared for lots of chief mess-ups and foul-ups and falling off my stools. Well, I'm actually sitting on a beanbag today, so falling off the beanbag. Sitting um, on your ball bag. I think uh, I'm. I'm just. I ex- I'm expecting like halfway through my Chris talks toys for to hear snoring going on. <laughs> well, you say that, and the last two people that were on this overnight call, one of them fell asleep from ten thirty till midnight, and people were pinging him, and he wasn't answering. Another one fell asleep from eleven till four a.m. He woke up at four. The callers all wrapped up by three, <laughs> and he just found himself asleep in his chair with the only one left on the on the hangout call. That's so brilliant. I didn't do that. That's I didn't brilliant. Do that, but. Anyway, oh, what um, a gross thing to have to do. Uh, I, I claimed it back today, so I only started work at sort of midday today, but not ideal. But anyway, the the other thing that I have been doing is I watched some movies. Movies. Three uh, days in a row last week, I watched John Wick, John Wick Chapter 2, John Wick Chapter 3. Nice. You've seen these movies? I've seen one and two. I don't think I've seen three yet. Okay. Now, I've got some opinions here. Okay. I think I like them, but I'm not sure. I'm not a massive fan of super violence. And I think what these movies do well is they... Okay, 80s and 90s, you had a lot of, you know, action-heavy movies. Yeah. And then you've got that phase kind of starting... And again, I'm quite naive on this subject, but for a Westerners... And this was probably going on a lot in Asia way before this, but uh, we had Ang Lee's uh, Hidden Dragon, Crouching Monkey, whatever it's called. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That's what I said, yeah. Uh, we had, and when that came over, that was all kind of this balletic kind I of. I love that bloody Heavily movie. choreographed so fight scenes. You know, it was like a, a dance almost. Yeah. And, you know, like I say, I'm sure that was going on a lot in Asia anyway. And then that kind of. We got a lot more of this heavily choreographed fight scenes. But what John Wick manages to do, it does manage to kind of bring those two things together. So it's, and what I was finding was a lot of those heavily choreographed, almost dance fight movies weren't exceptionally violent. It'd end with like a kick to the head and the guy would go down or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They weren't heavy. But this is that, but with John Wick effectively shooting guys point blank. All he does in the whole movie is reload, shoot guys point blank in the face, and he does a judo throw every 30 seconds. <laughs> And it's married those two things together, which I don't think I've seen elsewhere. 
and is very, very stylish. Is it style of a style of a substance? I'm not sure, but I was a little bit disgusted with the level of gratuitous violence and blood splashing and the way it kind of glorified it all. And I sure. just, and I, I don't know, but I, but I can appreciate the filmmaking, but the content. I, I honestly don't know. I'm on the fence. I'm either going to give it like a two out of ten or like a seven out of ten. I'll probably stick in the middle of like a five and a ten. Five or five and a half out of ten, I guess, is midpoint maybe. But I don't know. No, I, I I see what you're saying. Like, there's a there's a you know, if you're either kind of able to watch that stuff or you're not really. I think there's like a you know, especially with that kind of the hyper violence. If you're watching it and you're kind of like cheering along with it and loving every yeah. second of it and into it, then obviously there's a problem there. But if you can, <laughs> if you can watch it, see the 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 situation of oh my god, that's that's heavy then but but maybe appreciate like you say appreciate the other aspects of it then i think you're fine like there's i don't see an issue with that like and you you're you're right there's this amazing like it's almost like there's an originality to it at the same time we've seen it all before um with john wick they kind of did this thing like you say this this amazing like really incredible choreographed fight scenes that involve locks and rolls and flips and uh, but at the same time he's using his weapons. There was, a, there was a movie called Equilibrium. Do you remember that? With, um, uh, yeah, with uh, Christian Bale. With Bale. And there was that whole thing of, it was almost like martial arts with guns. That was the premise. And John Wick has taken that to the next bloody level. Yeah, I remember vividly, and if you haven't seen the first John Wick movie, I apologise, but it's right at the beginning anyway. When he loses his dog, that yep. I was just like, I was out. I was like, oh man, that sucks. But then... Yeah. It, you know, he is just such a bad. It's so satisfying to watch him go on this murderous rampage because of losing his dog. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like I kind of think, oh yeah, I'd probably do exactly the same thing if I had a the the ability and b the facility of Top John Wick. Almost, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I tried to sort of, and it got me thinking in that. For me, it was probably too much. Yeah. But then I was thinking, well, wait a minute. I've just played Halo and Gears of War, and I'm chopping guys up with a chainsaw, yeah, and there's yeah. blood everywhere. So why am I okay with that? But I'm not okay with cinema heavy gratuitous I, violence. And I think part the of level it is of because I, d- isn't there? I don't like like Call of Duty games because I don't like you know I don't like the I don't like the, like you said I don't like the realism of it. Yeah. You know I've got a gun and I'm shooting other human beings. Where at least in Halo and Gears of War I'm chopping up aliens. Sure. And sure. it kind of gives me that level of separation. I think that's what video games manage to do, and and what a lot of people feel is like you know uh, is a doorway to violence or something, which is ridiculous. You know it it, it kind of does it gives you the opportunity to kind of vent that. Or or you or kind of play those weird games kind of like without any connotation or so or you know like you don't have to worry about any of the issues that surround that stuff and yeah. that's a good thing in a sense it's almost like you know you can yeah you can just go nuts on a bunch of aliens that don't exist whatever but yeah, I, yeah I've just yeah. started picking up Horizon Zero Dawn which I had bought it last year like uh, the complete game after six months or a year after it came out um it's kind of an open worldy yeah post-apocalyptic kind of futuristic kind of game um and i played it for a long time about 20 hours and that's probably not long nowadays for most people but um put it down it's a bit too i don't like too much open world i kind of like linear games sure that are directing me down a path but um 
I was fancied something, you know, uh, different along the Gears of War Halo. I thought, oh, I'll give that another crack. And I picked it up at the weekend and I put another probably 10 hours in over the weekend. I'm really enjoying it. But on that, you get to fight bandits and stuff. But much more satisfying is when you're taking down these mechanized creatures, you yeah, know. But, yeah. yeah, cracking on with that. What about you? What have you, know, you, what have you been up to? I've also been watching a lot of films. Uh, I just happened to be kind of. We, <laughs> we ended up getting the HBO add on on Hulu because it was a. Uh, we wanted to see, uh, I can't remember what film, oh, uh, Kate, we, uh, Kate wanted to see Crazy Rich Asians again, and I kind of wanted to watch it just to get a, a bead on Henry Golding, and it's actually a, quite a fun, cute movie, so it wasn't too bad in the end in that sense. But then having watched that and seeing like a couple of the films that were kind of knocking about on there, I was like, oh, I'll probably, I'll probably just put that on in the background. I sort of saw, I've seen a few of them pre- previously, but just thought, I'm going to just put it on in the background while I get on with some other stuff. So I ended up watching Rampage again, which is just a classic rock movie where he okay. he is like this, I, I don't know, I just I, I kind of love The Rock. But at the same time, all of his movies are rubbish. Do you know what I mean? It's like it, yeah. he has this funny way of making crap films, but still absolutely making you like love the crap out of him. It's really weird. Um, but also, uh, what was the other one I watched? Um, <laughs> Skyscraper, which was like, okay. it was terrible. He's got one arm. One leg. Has he got one arm? Well, one leg. One leg, yeah. Um, same thing. Yeah, so it's but again, love him to death. But my goodness, the movies are utter utter tripe. Yep, um, but yep. yeah, and yeah. So you've been watching like hardcore, violent yep. John Wick movies, and I've been yep. watching like family rock movies. It's hilarious. And, uh, the, uh, just rounding out, um, I did, there's a film I didn't watch this week, and I, I mentioned to this previously to you, um, Apocalypse Now, the final. A cock uh, the final edit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my mate Parky, shout out to Parky. Um, he said, oh, let's go and watch this. Limited release, 40th anniversary. It's at the Central Picture House, which is kind of central London. Clues in the name. Uh, it's on at 7.15. And I looked it up and it was like three hours. And then there was an hour kind of Q&A documentary afterwards. I was like, oh, it's not going to finish till like half 11. It's going to take me an hour to get home. And I just, I couldn't do it. So that was supposed to be tomorrow. So there you go. That's a film I didn't watch. So instead of doing that till three in the morning, you got on a call for work. Yeah. Anyway, this will tie in as a segue to Beverage for the Show. Beverage for the Show. Beverage for the Show. Now I am going to go. So what I have here is this may help me get out of my funk because this is Mike Tyson. This is Mike Tyson Black. Wow. Wait wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, I haven't given it its full title. Mike Tyson Black (laughs) Energy. (laughs) I'm not sure which is worse. I'm not sure which is which Um, is more racist. (laughs) So I think this is. I think this is a brand called Black Energy. And then I think this is just a like a specialised Mike Tyson variant. Never heard of it. So, I mean, so I've heard of go. Mike Tyson, but I've never heard of it. It says thing. the original premium. Oh, it says it says premium Mike Tyson collection. Here we go. Let's have a caffeine drink. Here we go. So this is. Uh, let's have a glug on this. I don't know what I'm expecting. Maybe a Red Bull. I haven't had a, I haven't had an energy drink for about five years. So it'll probably it'll probably punch you in the face. Yeah, it's got that horrible kind of Red Bull taste. <laughs> yeah, that's what I expected. Hideous. Like kind of taurine. Oh, he's kind of yeah. It smells overly like, sweet. Smells like for like smells if you, if you like smell kind it of in a certain way. Yeah, smells like. Imagine if you've eaten like 
three kgs, I don't know what that is in poundage for the American listeners, three kgs like sweets, or as you would say, candy, and then I you've taken a that. dump and it's like diarrhea, but orange, that's what it smells like. Blimey. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have some more though, I'm going to have some more though, what have you got? Uh, I, okay, so uh, I'm going to thank my beautiful wife, Kate McLeod, for picking up a special drink for the show because she realises how rubbish I am at getting these sorted out in time. So she said, I'm going to get you something from the shop while I'm out working and you and then bring it, you can have it for your next recording. And I was like, oh, thank you very much. I said, surprise me. So she's got me <laughs> and she has surprised me. An organic Mama Chia strawberry lemonade chia beverage. Never had it before. It's full of bits. It looks amazing. Uh, so here we go. I'm going to open it first. It's in a, it's in like a glass bottle. It's in a glass bottle. It's not like a glass bottle. It is a glass bottle, and it has a kind of one of those like Snapple type lids that, as you t- twist it, you should hear a pop. Love those. There we go. Um, let's open this. Bu- and it says inside that it's very much like Snapple, as it's got a little thing inside uh, the the lid, and it says Mama Chia, seed your soul. Gratitude is fun for the soul. So, <laughs> nice. So let let I'm very grateful for my wife for doing this. So here we go. Oh, that's yummy. That yeah. is really not holy sh- balls. Okay, so never had this before in my life. Didn't know what to expect. It looked like I was going to be drinking jam. Like it just looks like from the outside it looks like strawberry jam with all the bits in it. And okay. it is gorgeous. I'm going to need to take a picture of this before we go any further because otherwise yeah. there's going to be nothing left in it. When I take the actual um, picture, go on. So I have just found a site called the the Caffeine Calculator, uh, the Caffeine Informer. You put in what drinks you You put in what drink you've got and your weight, and it tells you how many cans you can drink per day until you die. So, <laughs> as let's just as an example, let's put in. Red Bull, just to give us a one standard. (laughs) You can have one Red Bull. Red Bull, my weight, 88 kgs. Calculate your limits. Your maximum is 6.6 cans per day. 165 cans of Red Bull is a lethal dose. So, I'm not, fortunately, I'm not drinking 165 cans. Now, let's put in Mike Tyson Black. I wonder what you get if you put that into Google. It's exactly the same. Same, 165.5 cans. Um, although they haven't got Mike Tyson black, they just got black energy. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. If I drink another 164 and a half of these, I'll be dead tomorrow. So okay. fortunately, I'm not doing that. So can you I will be alive. To, can you afford to buy that many? No, no. <laughs> um, moving on. Um, quick shout out to Eric, aka Hillbilly Harper. Um, he's contacted us and basically said, enjoying the show. He always comments on all the posts. Um, he did have a question though, which is. What is over-egging the pudding? Well, Hillbilly Harper, you may have missed one of the episodes then because I think that we explained that. It's part of the title of our over of our British colloquialisms segment and that's the first one we did on the show, over-egging the pudding. Maybe we didn't explain it, I don't know. No, you did explain um, it. Did I? And that basically means kind of going overboard, would you say? Or yeah, doing too much, overkill. Doing too much. Yeah, overkill. Yeah, you've overegged the pudding. You've, so you've if you put too much egg in the pudding, it ruins it. Even though yeah. it's, you know, you might think it's a good thing yeah. to do. I just made actually before the show. I made a orange almond and courgette cake. Wow, that sounds gorgeous. I'll take a picture. I'll take a picture. Stick it up. I will not be posting you any because after the last time the mug arrived, smashed up. I don't know what will happen with the cake. 
<laughs> it would just be a mush, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I suppose we better do it. Uh, no one wants to, but we got to. We got to go. Inside Chief's mind. Ah! It is. It. Everyone, sit down, please. And you in the back, sit down. Hillbilly Harper, sit down. It's a first. It's a first on Talking Joe. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing that has made it to the level. Brilliant. Of me off this week. Never thought it would happen. Not even that. 30, not even that call. Not even that. Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine weeks it took. Thirty-nine weeks. That's a, that's a man. I'm a man who's been off for thirty-eight weeks. Try living in my shoes. It's not good. But I'm having a week off. I'm having a week off. Even that call, that was, you know, that's, you know, whatever, don't mind. I was reading comics, basically, <laughs> anyway, so. Um, <laughs> I hope they didn't need me to do anything, because I was reading, what was I reading? The latest uh, Bendis uh, Superman and action comics. I read some old Legion of Monsters. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I think it's possible that I'm too tired to actually realise yeah. that there are things bugging me. There's probably a million things bugging me, but for this week, week off. Hallelujah, Ooh. everyone. Yeah, good times. Good times in Castle Chief. Um, yeah, sorry. Get some of that. <laughs> get some of leave that, that in your life. That's staying um, in. Yeah, I, I am excited this week uh, to talk about these comics. So let's go to comic talk. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer rides them Chief and Chris discuss them. Whoa, comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them, Chief and Chris discuss them, whoa Yes, um, so this week it is 108 to 111 of Real American Hero. Next week we'll be doing the other four parts of this kind of eight encapsuling issues of this uh, Trucio Abysmia storyline and obviously big ramifications for the Joe team. So let's have a look at the covers. 108, this is Snake Eyes. He's got Cobra Commander in a chin lock, a rear naked choke looks like. And stay back, he'll he'd kill me in a second. And the night creepers looking on oh, yeah, as well. A couple of night creepers in the front there, yeah. Uh yeah, it's it's okay, it's nice, it's fun, it's dramatic, it's crazy. Guns. I'll do. Uh we've got a Lee Weeks cover there. Uh one oh nine Casualties of War. And it, I do like the composition of this cover. Yeah, it's cute. Um but I'm not a big fan of this body count seven and climbing because the seven occurs in this issue. Yeah, it's like spoiling it massively, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it should, that should have appeared on the front of the next issue. But anyway, Cobra Commander looking over the Joes. Uh, I think that's another Lee Weeks one. One ten is is your main man escalated to Armageddon. It's the Saw Viper, and he's standing over a pile of bodies. Yeah, pretty dark, brutal pretty dark kind of a you know uh, it's ron garney on that one actually but um a good image uh yeah, and 111 cool. this is the ninja team they're actually referred to in this issue as the ninja team for the first time and they're all jumping out of a chopper in going into battle well, it wasn't it? it wasn't ninja force was it it wasn't ninja force they just they referenced them as the ninja team but yeah. i think that's maybe just some guys called so who's in just out of interest who's in that team storm shadow snake eyes scarlet jinx just those four is it yes let's firstly look at this the the reference point to cover of 108 which is snake eyes and cobra commander because this plays a big role that, that kind of image and what happens out of that plays a big role in this storyline so snake eyes is him and scarlet have been reunited or he he's trying to find scarlet and as it turns out they they go down to his 
his his kind of secret hidden base, don't they? Yes. In where he's got some, is it? There's like a steam room or saunas or something. He's got a secret back passage. You hear the back passage, and Wee. he finds Scarlet tending to Storm Shadow because, if we recall, she stuck a knife in Storm Shadow's back. And yeah, nice little bit here where we see his collection of uh, spike knuckle trench knives. Very cool. And this leads to him going to the Cobra Consulate because Stalker has... When Stalker and Storm Shadow tussled with those Night Creepers, there was a bit of clothing got left behind and it has dust on it. And Stalker's able to analyse this dust by eye and <laughs> notice that this could only have come from the Cobra Consulate building. Yeah, a bit contrived, that. Which leads Storm Shadow and... Uh, sorry, Snake Eyes and Stalker, because he needs to explain to Cobra Commander Snake Eyes' motive... They both go to the Cobra Consulate and Snake Eyes, as Stalker explains, wants Cobra Commander to leave New York City or the US and go back to Cobra Island. Go back to where you came from, you foreign... Oh, hang on, wait. Yeah. (laughs) Now, this is a little bit... I'm not sure what I feel about this because Snake Eyes, why didn't he just... We've seen him before when he's, you know, in a mindset, he's, he's willing to go and just, you know, kill some Cobra lackeys and people. What was his... It feels a bit like, you know, playground stuff. Oh, slap on the wrist, Cobra Commander, off you yeah, go. Yeah. Or take him into custody or do... I mean, okay, they're saying, oh, it's, um, you know, protected ground, the Cobra Consulate or whatever. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't know. Yeah, it's like diplomatic, diplomatic immunity. Diplomatic immunity, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. What's that line from a movie? Diplomatic immunity. I think it's Lethal Weapon 2. Diplomatic immunity. just been revoked yeah where one of the south african dudes has diplomatic immunity and uh, Riggs <laughs> shoots him in the head <laughs> i don't know why i've made him austrian but, um, <laughs> Diploma- <laughs> diplomatic immunity son of yeah. a I think it's Lethal Weapon 2. Anyway, was that just put in there to be that focal point of the rest of the story? I think that the the situation you've got here is that you're you're always going to be you're always going to find it difficult to have good guys versus bad guys and nobody ever like getting killed or dying or whatever. Yeah, you know, like how do you do it? How do you balance it? So Larry's done this amazing thing where he has made Cobra like a legitimate, in the eyes of the world, a kind of legitimate thing like a legitimate business or a legitimate state so even though cobra are on everyone's you know radar as a terrorist organization they're still getting away with all this stuff much like in the real world where you've got a lot of certain states that are you know funding and if not leading the way in certain bad things they still get away with it and the only way to to do that is to have these little moments you know in situations and like um i feel like with in reality like snake eyes could have just killed every single cobra trooper hierarchy member he'd have killed cobra commander and everything would have been sorted in minutes but unfortunately they've got to keep this going so obviously this is where you get these little moments where you kind of think well that probably wouldn't happen and and that's what I think is going on here. And it's like, yeah, you, you kind of, after a while, you kind of get a bit bored of Snake Eyes getting Cobra Commander. And, and it's like, you know, I can get you at any time. Then do it. Then get him yeah. at any time and kill him and end this bloody facade. But that never happens. Yeah. Just a quick shout out. This is this might be Mark Bright's last issue. I'm not sure. But anyway, Mark Bright's on pencils. Randy Emelin's on inks. Rick Parker's on letters. And Bob Shereen's on colours. And then for the, uh, I think the next three issues, we get new 
artist John Statemar or Statemar. I'm not Statema, sure how you pronounce maybe? it. Yeah. Statema, maybe. Statema. I'm not sure of what else he's done. I know he did some Malibu books when Malibu kind of under they were maybe a subline of marvel marvel maybe bought them and they did some superhero stuff in the early 90s as right. a kind of rival to image but i know he did some books there but not otherwise familiar with him uh he's got tom Dzon on inks with randy emberlin rick parker still on letters and possibly colors as well um but yeah so um that that the conclusion of that is cobra commander is going back to cobra island and he in his own head is thinking right i want to keep a low profile for a while let's do stuff that's not going to draw the joe's attention which is kind of silly because whatever cobra does it's going to draw the joe's attention well especially Um, considering his thing is to invade benzene it's like that how is that how's that staying under the radar and and he's just invaded millville you know yeah a few months earlier but um anyway he's like keep it under the radar and this there's a big kind of miscommunication if you will uh later on with the crimson twins that that messes everything up for him meanwhile in true (laughs) abysmia yeah there's actually there's a there's a good bit i like here and i'm just that leads to snake eyes finding storm shadow finding where he's gone stalker they're in the hospital i think and stalkers talking to snake eyes and uh tell them fuzzy they've managed to get this homeless guy called fuzzy from the the subway station just brought him into the hospital as like an eyewitness my bottle broke and them two the pretty lady and the weirdo in pajamas fell under the train and disappeared <laughs> brilliant well done for bringing the homeless guy into the hospital just to, just for that little bit but quite like that yeah meanwhile in uh Trucia Abysmia. Trucial Abysmia. Abysmia. That's it, yeah. Which is somewhere in the Middle East. The Joes are... Are they here, as always, on some kind of advisory capacity? As they always seem to be in all these... No, they're attacking pterodromes. They're they're specifically there to to mess up Cobra's pterodrome setup. Right, yes. That's the mission. That's their mission, is to... Is a hit-and-run job without hit-and-run... To go in, take out the pterodromes, and and move on, and it, you know, with no need for extraction, because yeah. they just thought it was a, re- a a regular mission, a very kind of in and out job, uh, and unfortunately, Cobra kind of, con- uh, you know, made contingencies for that att- for those for that possible attack, yeah. and have set up ambushes pretty much at every escape route, and that's where the Joes basically fall foul to you know this kind of very poor planning shall we say yeah and they get kind of captured early on and this is where the first sense of wait a minute because the, the joes have never really been captured I, mean, I guess they have been captured by cobra before but never kind of to this extent or we've not seen it and i wonder if you know the writing was on the wall in this issue because you see a lot of the guys who have been captured and it's guys that we have not seen for a long time and it, you've got thunder in there i mean has he even been in more than like four pages of the comic ever no i mean the, the, um, yeah they, they really crankcase heavy metal even uh, doc is a big favorite of mine and he featured heavily early but we haven't seen him for for years and so maybe there was foreboding there of oh that yeah these guys are going to get it yeah if they were surplus to requirements characters that had replacements already kind of in yeah. the in the comic yeah. and in the uh, in the toy line it must be weird being one of tomax or zamot because even when duke spits in one of the guy's eyes the other guy feels it <laughs> yeah so I don't, i'm not sure how they live their lives uh on probably lots of drugs and and stuff tomax to- are you ma- eating again yeah just to keep him sane uh i've come up to a page here 
quick break in the show i might do a little uh, vocal jingle if i get time <laughs> we'll, we'll find out later if you listen to this and there's no vocal jingle i have not had time this is a nfl pro collector set books so it was like trading cards but they're actually mini tra- size of trading cards but mini eight page books of pictures cool. stats and personal information uh, i never actually saw these live in the flesh so this is 1990 I'll see if you can name a few of these guys on here. So, quarter, this is 1990. I've got one, two, three, four quarterbacks here. Right, okay. Uh, from 1990. One is, fr- uh, no, one is from a team that doesn't exist, or it does exist, but in a different city. Oh, okay. So, they've, they've, they've changed their franchise. Yeah, he was a quarter. I think he played in the CFL and then uh, the Canadian Football League. Then he came into the NFL. Oh, uh, Warner? Uh, no, that's a good shout though, Kurt Warner. Um, this guy, he... Okay, they do have a team in the league, but it's not this franchise. This franchise moved somewhere else. Right. And then another team came up in this location, a, a, an expansion team. Right. In the same same city, but it's not the original team. Okay. I think the original team moved to Tennessee. Oh, okay, so it's the Houston Oilers. Ah, there you go, yeah. Uh, I don't know the Q- I, don't, I have no idea who the QB was for the Houston Oilers. Very athletic guy, uh, Warren Moon. Oh, Warren Moon. Yeah, you could have got that. I think. Well, he didn't. He didn't. He eventually, or did he play for the Vikings at, at some point? Uh, I think he did play for the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if, if, if you'd have said Vikings, I think okay. Warren Moon would have been. Well, the next quarterback finished his career at the Vikings. I think I could be wrong, but made his name for another NFC team. He was another scrambling quarterback. I think he led the league for most touchdowns by a quarterback, most yards by a quarterback for a long time. 90? Um, in 1990. Uh. He played in the NFC East for this team, and then he went to the Vikings to finish his career, I think. I'm going to tell you. Shall I tell you? Yeah, go on then. Randall Cunningham. Oh, that's actually... that. Yeah, I feel, I feel yeah, that, really that was, bad for not that getting was that. Ball. Then you've got two AFC, another two, or two AFC guys. One, one, two... Super Bowls after having lost one or two in the final, I think. Uh, Aikman? Uh, nope, this is the AFC West team. Um, he's now the something in the head. Of, he's now in the office for this team. Oh, okay. Uh, um, hang on. Not, 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 not... No, I can't think of anyone. He was, a, he was a bit of a scrambling quarterback. He had a massive cannon for an arm. Montana? Uh, uh, no, one number seven. Um, oh, um, um, you can do it. You can do um, it. You can do it. It's not Fav. No. Oh no, forget it. I haven't got uh, John Elway. Elway. Why is he the only one I didn't say? I don't know. I don't know. This is your I love Elway here. as well. All right, you got another one here. Um, he is now a commentator. He played in the AFC North. <laughs> he also wore number seven. In fact. His first name is... It's not really... It's a stupid name. Uh, apologies for anyone else called that. It's... Uh, no, that's not even that's not even a good clue. That's a terrible clue. It's not he, Brett Favre, is it? No, his initials are B-E. His, his first name is the sound like a big cannon makes. Boom. With it. Yeah. There's something else. Add a couple of letters onto the end of that. Boomer. Yes. <laughs> Boomer. Oh. Oh, he's got yeah. a really weird surname, hasn't he? Like... Yeah, I want to. I want to say oh. something like I want to say something like liaison, but it's not. It's no. um, boomer. Ezai? No. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Go Ez- on. 
Azison? Yeah, there you go. Boomer Azison. Well done. Yes. I haven't heard that name in... Right, there's some running backs there, years. but that was some running backs there as well, but that was quite hard work, so let's move on to talking about G.I. Joe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, and at the end, actually, just j- before we j- uh, jump back into the, the war in uh, the Abysmia, at the end of issue 108, the kid that got saved in Barovia gets taken to Wade Collins's place, and everyone lives happily ever after. Yes. Yeah, I don't, yeah. okay, fine, whatever. Whatever. She probably becomes... I'm pretty sure she becomes a ninja soon as well. I'd imagine. I'd imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Then. You're listening to the boy from the big bad city. This is Jam Hot. So we're into issue 109 now, and then Cross Country's popped up. We haven't seen him for a long time. He's in. He's another one of those guys that we think the writing's on the wall for. And this is where we get the miscommunication because uh, the twins get a televiper to phone up Cobra Commander. And he said, they say, we've got these Joe prisoners. What are we going to do with them? Cobra Commander says, "Get are you crazy? Get rid of them immediately. And obviously they interpret that to mean, let's bust a cap in their ass. Yeah. Cobra Commander means, of course, I need them to let them go because I don't want snake eyes on my case. Yeah. Or the entire Joe team for that matter. And so this is a bit that then I don't understand because why are the crimson twins very hesitant to just have these joes killed and they bumble around over it by not actually spelling it out because they actually say to a couple of vipers we would like you to go to the ravine and see to the prisoners and he's like huh you know take care of them and the guy goes feed them no just go over there and do what has to be done i don't understand you're going to have to be more specific could we have this in writing? Yeah, yeah. I don't understand. It's that thing, again, we're, we're kind of stuck with. For, for probably the entire run of comics we've had so far, all you've heard are these guys wa- wishing death upon G.I. Joe and wanting them to be destroyed and killed and out of the picture and out of the way. And then as soon as the opportunity arises to do that, it's this weird thing of like this kind of cowardly at, like thing comes into it. But it, But it's surely... The cowardly thing is to actually kill them all off and carry on. Like you know, that seems to that seems to be the thing that you'd expect them to do. And yeah, the, I I do agree with you. I find this all very. It would have been. It probably would have been a lot easier and a lot more believable if they'd have just died in combat. Just like you know. Yeah. You know they're they're out there fighting and and the saw viper takes them out because. You know, there's, there's, you know, something else happens. But, but this yeah. to me is a very weak way of killing off a bunch of. Uh, it's, it's a shows. shame because, especially on that page where all that happens, there's a lovely panel kind of right in the middle, and it'd been nice if that was just extended to a whole page where the whole of the Cobra um, troops and army has kind of uh, been dispatched. And I yeah. kind of would have liked to have seen that as a one or even a two-page splash because. You know, the the art here by amazing, yeah. Statemar is it's a little bit different than what we've seen, maybe a bit more detailed, but a bit more nineties going on here as well. It's very, a bit it's, more nineties. Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Eon Flux, that uh okay. animation on MTV. It's like very yep. much that kind of but style. It's good it's good stuff here. It's a bit more gritty, isn't it? And then, you know, here pops up the Saw Viper. He's he said you know, he's kind of a, a, a badass and he's gonna get the job done for these Crimson Twins and he was gonna get some extra pay for it. And then straight away, you know, it kicks off because the guys, the, the Joes are in a ravine. Thunder and someone else, Crankcase maybe, gives Doc uh, a boost up so he can look over the edge. And right in front of him is a Saw Viper with an M60 or whatever he's got. Uh, a, a, a saw. It's a saw. Oh, it's a saw. Of course it is, yeah. He's a Saw Viper. And um, 
basically shoots Doc right in the face. Absolutely destroys him, yeah. And, and then, then on the next page, he's just mowing him down. And he's like, ha, touching, the way your buddies, the way uh, some of you shield your buddies with your bodies. And um, they're just getting mown down. It's, it's bad times Brutal, for Joe's. yeah. And like, you can see all of like the back of Crankcase all like, getting destroyed, like all like ripped up. Yeah. Thunder's even, taking a huge quick amount. Quick gets the weapon and and mows some people down. And what I've noticed here in these issues is a lot of crying going on. Yeah. First we see Quick Kick crying here, and then later on you see Cross Country streams of tears coming down his face. And um, then not and when we get right to the end of it, Duke is even in uh, bits, isn't he? Yep. But yeah, shame to see a few of these. Uh, do we get a name? Let's, let's, let's get a name check on who's bit the dust here. Uh, Doc, Crankcase, Crazy yeah. Legs, and uh, Thunder so far. Oh, and then a couple more uh, go a bit later on, do they? Yeah. Yeah, because it said Seven and Rising. No, the, so... yeah, there's a, the more die later on in the issue, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But from the Saw Viper again, is it? Uh, I've got this weird thing on the app where it doubles up a, uh, the the final page is the same like you get like two of the same pages and it misses out one of the other pages okay. and it appears to me that Breaker, Quick Kick and Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they they die as well, don't they? Yeah, they they get it after the fact. Um and then it's just uh, Cross Country Falcon and Duke that are left. Yep. So it's basically just those three that are left after the rest of them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They've asked for an extraction too and obviously that has you know it's basically we we didn't expect to be extracting you because it was a simple mission so the kind of hawk has to think on his feet and he ends up getting a shuttle launch ready in record time so they yeah. can get the defiant up the the yeah i suppose the crusader up there and then once that's up there they get in position above trucial abysmia and they <laughs> basically high like drop uh, the battle bunker in with rock and roll wild card and clutch i think it is right this is kind of standardized yeah. standardized gi joe where time actually means nothing <laughs> uh, I, because this is all happening very quickly and this this shuttle like you say does launch and they, they drop this mobile command center don't they well it's the it's the battle bunker the, uh, i think it's called the yeah. battle bunker sorry yeah but then later on um when they're at the end of the issue i think we're going to close out with maybe where the joes launch all their attack in they say we'll be there in three days so that kind of flies in the face of everything else we've seen which happens immediately but yeah um, yeah i've just seen actually the, the this is the rage that's a that, uh, vehicle that i'm not really familiar with this rage thing gets blown up that's i think where the other guys die because falcon says get the others out breaker and quick kick and cross countries there ain't no others lieutenant falcon because they've got blown up in this rage yeah uh, so does that happen off panel because i no, again no, i think ha- i'm missing a page ah it happens on panel okay uh the, yeah i've got a page here where this shuttle's coming down let me just li- let me let me just see if i can line that up with yours just to see if i am missing anything there's a panel in the top left hand corner it says in the desert and you've got uh, why is he topless, by the way? Oh, yeah. But you got Duke, kind of yep. basically naked, yeah, uh, and then you know Thum, Womp, Ratatat, Blam. Just yeah, yeah. get me the wi- get, just get me within range, and I'll waste him. Says the Saw Viper, yada yada yada, dial tone, etc., etc. The What's next, your next page, the next page is them basically pulling Falcon out ah, away. Yeah, you are missing a page, so I'm going to explain it to you. I'm going to cool. call it out to you. So, for three panels along the top. Uh, it says above, and then ah, as this um, battle bunker inside its kind of pod is coming down. Will you shut him up? That screaming is getting on my nerves. Tell me, is it all m- 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 most over yet? Over? This worst part is just beginning. Ah! And it looks like there's one, 
to oh no it's a, it's a not a greatly drawn panel because it's supposed to be showing some of the like wild card and everyone falling around it's got them moving so they're kind of a ghost images of themselves as they're kind of falling it doesn't look great there's a middle panel here in the desert Kathoom! as the rage blows up that's the one where they where they bite the dust yes and two panels at the bottom duke we've got to get the lieutenant out of the wreckage before no afore she blows not before afore she blows that's cross country got you and then duke who is again topless but he has got uh, a one strap over his strap shoulder. Over his shoulder. <laughs> I'm right with you, cross country. And then the last panel is the two of them are pulling Lieutenant Falcon. What happened? Direct hit on the rage, sir. We got thrown clear by the blast. Ah, okay, cool. Onto the that page. Make, where, that makes more sense then, because I was looking the at it thinking, cross country's crying. Yeah. I was thinking, oh man, like it must have been like off panel that that happened. But then when I saw the fact that there were two of the same page at the end, it was the the battle bunker coming down in this escalator to Armageddon. Then I thought, oh, okay, then I've just, you know, it definitely missed a, a, a page out. Anyway, moving on. Back cover. Now, inside front cover for the next issue, I've got a advert for Lucky Charms. Can you... I've got... Amazing. That's Lucky. He's got Lucky Charms. They're magically delicious. I'll make a magic rope and swing away with my Lucky Charms. The crunchy old cereal with marshmallow surprises. Pink hearts, yellow moons, orange stars, green clovers and blue diamonds. Must be delicious. Thanks. Where are your Lucky Charms? Right here, my friends. They're part of this good, nutritious breakfast. Frosted Lucky Charms. They're magically delicious. They're magically delicious. I've got eight shapes here. Can you name the eight Lucky Charm shapes? God, I've never even... I don't think I've ever noticed them. A, a leprechaun? No. A rainbow? No. A treasure treasure chest? No. <laughs> a ring of some sort? No. Shall I put you out your misery? I, yeah, I have no idea what they are. Uh, a question mark, a heart, a horseshoe, a four-leaf clover, a six-pointed star, a diamond, a moon, and something that I'm sure it's not, but it looks like a fish. Yeah, I've never, I, you know, no. I've never even bothered looking at what the Lucky Charms go. things were. Anyway, moving on. There was a bit actually earlier um, in the storyline where the Crimson Twins are saying something like, you know what the real plan is. And, you know, they, they were there, they were blowing up the Joes, whatever. And I was thinking at the time, what, what was the actual real plan? And was the real plan simply just to take over the oil? Um, or was that something that was, that was just put in and forgotten about? I'm confused. There... They're just invading benzene for oil, aren't they? Because it's yeah. But there, there is a bit. It. There is a bit. I'm going to try and find it now, or maybe not. Where they mention no, the, the, they trapped the, the Joes. It, wasn't the wasn't the plan that the Joes think is going on? The that they're setting up terradromes. Is that that wasn't that the 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 fake okay, so, plan? Right. The fake plan is they're setting up terradromes. The real plan is they're going to invade and get the oil. Right. Got yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. This is where, in this issue, this is where the Cobra, or Cobra Commander finds out that the twins have actually had these prisoners killed and not let go. He's like, excellent, I hope you escorted them to a nice neutral border and let them go. We certainly don't want them embroiled in this little incursion, especially not with a personal grudge. Gulp, let them go. And there's a scene here, it's a little bit uh, sexist, I guess. Oh yeah, with the, of, the of, random female. Of the random females in tight uh, lycra and heavy cleavage pushing around bits on the map so to speak yeah it's it's really weird that but then again this is indicative of like the 90s yeah art isn't it and and you can tell there's been a, a, a like a change in artist in a sense can't you 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the it's the Emir, isn't it? Is His Emir, Highness. Yeah. He, yeah. he has been. Well, he's he's trying to evacuate before the guys come to see. And we can see a couple of new vehicles here that I haven't seen before, as well as the Rage, which I wasn't aware of. You get Piranhas and Hammerheads. Yeah, they were like nineties uh, vehicles. Okay. popped up a lot in the um, in the Deke cartoon as well. Okay, okay. I mean, I don't really get a good look at them in this in the comics, but you know, they look. The hammerhead looks quite cool. Is the hammerhead the big kind of grey and green one? Yeah, yeah. The piranhas oh. are the smaller little crafts. Okay. All right. Just like sort of fast attack boats or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like the devilfish. Right. Got it. Yeah, Cobra Commander's absolutely beside himself here uh, when he finds out that seven G.I. Joes have been shot. And the Saw Viper... The Saw Viper, I guess they're... He's almost like a big bad supervillain isn't he because he's yeah, a yeah. trooper who's been given loads of storyline loads of personality he's an absolute scumbag he's supposed to be hard as nails just an absolute sadist he wants wants to kind of brutalize and murderize and terrorize all these joes you know into the point of walking the bullets up to them rather than shooting them um, straight on and i guess that gives him a bit of gravitas a bit of kind of yeah. Well, it's kind of John Wickish in a way because there's a scene where Duke's saying, he's mine, you hear me? He's mine or something like that. You're basically telling Falcon across country, you don't lay a hand on him, I'm taking this scumbag down. Totally, yeah. And But Duke, as a, as what John Wick wouldn't do, is Duke actually lets him get away because they, they trap him and then he hasn't got a gun and he's taunting him saying, you ain't going to shoot me because I ain't got a gun. Plus, you're in Trucial Abysmia illegally, so you better jogon.com um and, <laughs> forward slash yeah and he's just <laughs> laughing even more making him even more of a villain and so do, do you think dukes have gone full-on john wick on him there or not i'm yeah i think dukes fighting his in his inner boy scout in a in a way isn't he like he's um he, he wants to do, always do the right thing but the like the revenge is strong right now but again he's he's almost fighting that and probably what makes him duke in a sense yeah, nice touch there having Roadblock with an eye patch on, because obviously we know he had some eye troubles in that last storyline. Yeah, nice little touch. And then this is where we get the the Ninja Team. They want to get them in as a recon team um, because they're kind of sneaky, whatever. And so they fly in some choppers as a kind of distraction, drop them off, and then deliver the package, if you will, so they can Wee. go off and do their stuff. Yeah. Actually, there's a page here I'm looking on in the next issue. Lady J's got a dangly earring. Have you seen that one? Yep. Not sure. They really like... It's quite funny how they um, they, they, they make a point to really sexualise Lady J at one point in, uh, I think, the last issue we look at today. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, where she's kind of like, it's so hot in the desert, and she's like pulling her, her like, unbuttoning her top, and I'm just thinking, yeah. like, there's really no need for that at all. It's, like, so out of yeah. place and, and weird. Quick question for you here. Early on, this is page four of the last issue and Cobra Commander's done a U-turn here. He, but the, the twins have basically said, nothing to do with us. This is the Saw Viper. They're trying to defend themselves to Cobra Commander. He did it all. And then Cobra Commander's like, yeah, give this guy a medal. Yeah, like he, so, he, he switches on it, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, and on the last panel of that page, who is that Cobra Trooper who's got a massive gun? Yep. And there's a, the, the text in that panel is, tell me all about the shooting, lad. Was it fun? Which is a bit of a... Kind of do you know what that is a very good question it looks it, it it's what it's so weird it's like <laughs> it, I, it's like big boa because it looks like he's got boxing gloves and then but then it's like i this think huge... they're hands i think he's putting his hand in something that's attached to the gun 
Uh, but then it looks like he's got a shark on his back. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, is that like one of the? I think that he's just been made up. We actually get a we get a new Joe here, don't we? We get Cool Breeze. Yes. Uh, and this is he's part of the arrogant. Uh, <laughs> the are these the oh you know, this is uh, the recon support. So these guys are here to to support the ninja team. And who have you got? You got Sneak Peek, Stalker, Cool Breeze, and another couple a couple of other guys. I don't think they're possibly named at this point in the storyline you can tell something something's going to happen with him in the coming issues because they've given him plenty of dialogue and they've made him kind of this arrogant youngster rookie whose stalker's got a slap down a little bit so something is going to happen with him and it does in the coming issues and then a new faction introduced themselves and these are uh, it wouldn't be a war story in gi joe without some kind of counter-revolutionaries of course. And these are, Joe's think these are the guys who are on their side, but in fact they want to oust Cobra as well as the Emir. So they kind of... The running dog lackeys thing comes out again. The running dog lackeys, yep, standard, love all that. And your man, the Emir, all he's interested in is protecting his oil fields. And they will play a big part coming up as well. Randomly enough, the only one... and well, I noticed, obviously, that, that shark thing on his back uh, for, yep. for that character... And there is a shark that comes with the eel version 2 or whatever it is. But I don't think that's an eel version 2. I I find this whole drawing really confusing. I have no idea who that is. So you've got me. Like, write in and tell us, guys. You know, just uh, kind of... We're stumped there. But I think he's just kind of made up. But there you go. Um, This issue is kind of all set up stuff and you actually get more sexualization with the Saw Viper. He's at a bar in downtown Trucio Abysmia and he's got a bottle of Dom, it's not Dom Perignon, it's Dom Cobra. Classic. He has got a scantily clad lady in his arms. I just lined up them Joes and blew them away like shooting ducks in a barrel. There's the ducks in a barrel thing again. Ducks in a barrel and then through the window, looking down, is the ninja team who are going to lay some smack down, possibly. Yeah, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow have kind of like are looking in that skylight and Scarlet's like, I know what you're both thinking, but you're, you can forget it. The mission comes first. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that's where we're left. And that's where we're left. Let me just see. I'm going to have a flick through some future issues letters pages see if anything references here we go i'm just gonna read it i don't know what this letter's about but i'm gonna read it yo joes i just picked up issue 109 and loved it since i love cobra so much i thought it was great when that saw viper blew away all those joes as for the as for the falling mobile battle bunker well wildcard is so stupid he deserves to die who's next how about low light scoop long range bazooka and lifeline anybody else anybody else is okay with me wait a minute did I say anybody? No, don't kill the ninjas, please. I love Storm Shadow and I can't believe Scarlet actually stabbed him and almost killed him. Speaking of ninjas, I can't believe Cobra Commander gave in to Snake Eyes and is going back to Cobra Island. The leader of an organisation like Cobra should have some bodily protection. Anyway, if Cobra Commander does return to Cobra Island, have him clean the place up. Face it, there's a huge freighter sitting in the middle of everything. Before I finish, I'll leave you with one last peace of mind. I love the dossiers. Since I just started collecting the comic, the dossiers fill me in on the Noble Joe history. Well, until Tomax and Zaymot become the new Bobby twins, make mine marvel. That was Nick Johnson, 8 Godwin Street, Rye, New York, uh, 10580. And the reply was, there's one... Oh yeah, because the dossiers in in from issue 108, we've started having, you know, kind of file card dossier pieces with uh, uh, original art and, you know, history stuff, which is quite nice. 
that's one reason the dossiers were created, Nick, so that you new readers wouldn't feel left out in the rain without a camo poncho. As for that freighter, you'll be seeing more of it. There you go. That was a interesting a little piece on that. So uh, yeah, looking forward to the next issues next time because I'm not sure if I'm digging the scene here with this storyline so far. Uh, we've got some great art. Just depressed got, me. You know, every now and again, I, I like to see a nice big battle. Uh, we had Cobra Civil War. And we haven't had anything like that for a while. So it's nice to get, you know, more faces involved. But just the whole setup and the bit with the Joes and the Saw Viper, just, I don't know, just, I don't know, feels a bit hackneyed almost. But Rub- um, It rubbed me the wrong way. Um, yeah. But that, like, at the time, well, not at the time, but the first time I read it, I was kind of, like, really... Because the funny thing is, I, I, I'd known about the deaths of these particular Joes for a long period of time. It was, like, you know, common knowledge, I suppose. But I'd never read that actual storyline. And when I did, I was kind of a little bit, oh, that's how they go. And, like, it was it was weird to see... Like, obviously, I know people are, are get, uh, you know, their friends are getting killed and all that kind of stuff. But, like, I was surprised at the the way that the Joes were handling it in the moment because you, you, you kind of... You feel like it should have been, like, we have to just try and save ourselves, get the out of here, and then afterwards we can, you know, we can mourn and all that kind of stuff. So it was interesting to see them, like, breaking down, you know... It, it yeah. like actually in the middle of of the situation yeah and also it's funny like the way the way that all the characters are drawn in this these these issues really are indicative of the 90s like you yeah. know quick kick looks like someone out of blooming he looks like casey jones out of the, yeah. one of the some of the yeah. turtles issues from that yeah, that era everything looks like you know it was like the the liefeld kind of era doesn't it like every everything looks in that kind of stylistic kind of way so yeah i'm I'm the same i I wasn't a massive fan of of the whole thing but you know we get like a you say you get we're like a big super villain out of the saw viper which is uh not not often that we get a trooper coming to the forefront i say that but then we've had fred and we've had there's a there's a cobra trooper as well isn't there that kind of uh, had a big uh storyline but other than that you know it's very rare that that happens yep well, we're going to read it next. the next four issues next week and then we'll give the loyal listeners our verdict on the overall storyline. But as we always do following Comic Talk, it's time for Chris Talks Toys. Chris talks about toys, ho ho. Chris talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the things from the comic book and the animated show. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Boopy doopy woop boop. Right, this one, this time, uh, I wanted to honour the fallen in this issue. Um, so I've picked one of the characters that does that does bite the dust, unfortunately. One of my and actually came with an amazing vehicle that was like one of my absolute loves as a kid. And that is Crankcase and the Awe Striker, or the AWE Striker, or the All Weather and Environment Striker. Catching Cobra's really tough, you know. And Cobra's up to something better than GI Joe. Cobra! Cobra blew up the bridge. The Awe Striker will catch him. Introducing the new Joes. We're going to stop Cobra this time. GI Joe! So in the US, it came out in 1985, and in the UK, it came out in 1987. Basically, this this little kind of box set was just incredible, and I say that because obviously you get a figure with it too. Crankcase, I, I found, was like full of character. Really, you know, like you know, he looked like a basic driver, but at the same time, he had a removable helmet. He had a lot of personality in his head sculpt. Um, you know, again, like a a design that you don't necessarily see a lot of. 
Um, and even though he was generally quite basic in his in his design, there was there was a lot to kind of like be interested in just just as the figure alone. Uh, he also came with a really awesome rifle as well. It's like I'm not sure if it's the FN Fal or not. The actual rifle that it copies is basically yeah, it's a uh, looks like the R2 Para from South Africa Rhodesia in 1960. Uh, the FN fusil automatique legere so i think it's one it's basically that one because it's got that kind of the stock is kind of all uh a scaffold as opposed to a, a, a solid stock but it's a really cool rifle that he comes with uh and like i said a removable helmet and he looked really cool he looked like a, a an awesome little kind of figure driver etc etc now anyway he comes with arguably one of my favorite vehicles of all time in the gi joe line just without fail i had so much fun with this particular vehicle as a kid uh you know it was a, it was a lower price point it was a smaller vehicle but it was just packed to the gills with amazing features um and i'm going to go through the or strikers well i'm going to go through the or strikers uh list of features that are in the blueprints but i'm also going to kind of relate it to what it actually is on the on the toy so you get an extended space frame roll bar which is that kind of removable roll bar that kind of connects to the uh to the you know to the actual body of the vehicle fuel filler receptacle uh which is on the removable engine cover which is just amazing like on the back you could take the engine cover off and you could also take the engine out so it was like it was just so so amazing and full of these cute little touches two two-way communications antennas which really gave it again a really cool look with those two kind of flexible antennas uh wobbling around uh, it's got a 10-round 70mm automatic launcher on the top as well, so it's like this pivoted left and right, up and down launcher. And you could have a figure basically standing on the back of the ore striker in between like the... Well, basically on top of the engine cover and operating that if you wanted to. I mean, I, I know I did, but basically it's actually an automatic launcher, so you can actually be controlled from the passenger seat in the um in the ore striker anyway so you know it, it's not but i i did see a lot of the time there'd also be like a figure holding it like a fake way it's got quartz halogen headlamps which obviously didn't work but had this really cool front bumper with those headlights on the front that really again gave it such a cool look advanced infrared sighting fire control camera which again was this little kind of camera which looked a little bit like a laser or like a gun that sits on the um, passenger side and is connected with a hose that goes onto the like a little clip on the side of the uh, roll bar on the top so it looks like it's going from the cannon to this little camera uh, it's also got this amazing set of suspension uh, for both the rear and front tires so when you press it down, it flexes, and honestly, just that alone was just really cool feature. On top of that, they gave it steering. They gave it front wheel steering. So if you moved the, uh, if you move crankcase's steering wheel, it would. There was this amazing mechanism. If you flipped upside down, you could see this incredible mechanism underneath the wheels at the front that would allow them to connect and pivot. Uh, you know, the same uh, left and right. So it was just, it was just a nuts amount of fun. It was just great. Uh, on the side of the of the vehicle, you also had these like platforms where figures with like with foot pegs as well could kind of be positioned either side. So you could really stack a bunch of figures on it. I mean, you could have. I, I mean, I remember having like two figures either side, one at the back 
uh, possibly even two sitting down in, in in like the engine cover side kind of elements, and obviously the passenger and the driver. And another space, which I never really gave much thought to, was the actual front, the hood or the bonnet. So like on on, on the front, they would have, I think it was in Worlds Without End, I want to say it was Breaker, who was, or one of the one of the characters was laying on the front of the hood of the Awe Striker, just like with his hands behind his head, just, you know, like transporting them that way. So I just thought that was really fun and cute in that particular episode of the cartoon. And again, the Awe Striker is so much fun, it's not even funny. <laughs> so basically the US version and the UK versions do differ in minor ways, the box art is basically the same where you've got crankcase, dusty, and gung-ho. Basically, you've got dusty hanging off the side. You've got gung-ho in the passenger seat. You've got crankcase driving it. They had a, a, a the classic G.I. Joe explosion background, and we had the digital explosion background on ours. They And uh, like I said, they came out in 85. We came out in 87. So G.I. Joe had changed to the digital explosion by then. Uh, so they were just using that for, for, I suppose, all of their things worldwide. On the actual box art itself, obviously it's Action Force International Heroes for us. It's G.I. Joe, a real American hero for them. Or Striker with four-wheel suspension. And there's no mention of Crankcase as a, his name on the UK version. There's a window box on both versions, and you can see the character, but it's only the Americans that actually put his his code name. Uh, underneath we didn't actually do that and the actual vehicle itself obviously has action force um they had to change it to action force stickers on the actual vehicle so there is an element of difference in the art but it's again just awesome loved both i just absolutely love this vehicle now other thing i want to talk about is crankcase is his file card because this really is interesting there are so many differences between the us one and the UK one. I'm going to read the US one and I'm going to supplant the UK elements in as they arrive. So, or striker driver, codename Crankcase, file name El- uh, Indiana Elwood G. Uh, he's got a serial number in the US, he doesn't in the UK. The serial number is 45161 And he's got grade E4, which also he doesn't have in the UK as well. Primary military specialty. And I've got, obviously, we say speciality in the UK as well. We have an extra I in there. Motor vehicle driver and secondary military specialty. And this is interesting. Again, this has come up a few times. Armour in the US, artillery in the UK. So it's interesting that the that definition is different. Uh, pretty much cut across the board for all of the uses of those terms. There are several ways to get from one place to another in Kansas, and driving fast is most of them. Crankcase was racing street machines when he was 16. This was no great feat, since he had been building them from the time he was 13. He worked the stock car circuit for years until the boredom hit him like a brick wall. A recruiting sergeant with a crooked smile signed him up for a burst of four with promises of speed and glory. Burst of four sounds uh, sounds weird in the US, but the UK changed it to four-year tour. Crankcase graduated ranger school and desert warfare school and attended the Special Air Service Tactical Driving School under the NATO Exchange Programme. And programme is spelt differently, obviously, in two different places. So you've got programme, G-R-A-M for the US and G-R-A-M-M-E for us. Qualified expert, M16, M19, 11A1, M60 and TOW. So that again, we've we've had quite a few changes already. This is this is where we get even more. Ever get irritable when you're standing in a line that just doesn't seem to be moving at all? 
And obviously line is changed to Q for the UK, which I thought was interesting again there. Well, the hole seems to be moving in slow motion to crankcase all the time. And then we put, instead of the hole, we put the whole world. So that's quite interesting too. That's why he's constantly ticked off in the US, but fed up in the UK. I thought that was an interesting change as well. And then the, the last one, he's just not happy unless he has a wheel in one hand, a shifter in the other, and the wind in his face. And obviously shifter is changed to gear stick for the UK. So I was like, there are so many differences on this card. Uh, and at first glance, it doesn't seem to be. And then you kind of get through it and you're like, oh, wow, they've changed a lot on this. So I've always found that really interesting. Usually, obviously, they would change a lot of things like the names and the birthplaces, especially as early as the, uh, as this came out, which is the first Hasbro Action Force release year in 87 in the UK. So it's interesting that we didn't that we didn't get a change of name or birthplace there. Uh, but still, really cool. And again, I absolutely loved this vehicle. Like, it's one of my all-time favourite vehicles. I had so much fun with it as a kid. And yeah, it, it was one of the first things I had. And, and in the UK, it was, a, it was like almost as big as, you know, as, as Flint was used on all the media and Quick Kick was used on a lot of the media. The, the Ore Strike was used loads in the comics advertising merchandise it, it was one of those vehicles that you saw in everything and it's to, to again to this day one of my favorite ever joe vehicles and also um you have to kind of tip your cap to crankcase who risked his life and saved a lot of his his fellow soldiers in the comics so shout yeah. out to crankcase and a shout yeah. out to the ore striker that mother's six feet under now <laughs> <laughs> right, good stuff. As always, I was a big fan of the um, Ore Striker, so uh, that's quality. And yeah, I think it was might have even been one of my top top three vehicles of all time, GI Joe. Um, good stuff, good stuff. Now you'll recall if you were listening to this very show about an hour fifty-five to an hour ago uh, that Hillbilly Harper Eric uh, was asking about overegging the pudding. So we're not going to overegg the pudding, but we are going to talk about British colloquialisms, aka. Over egging the pudding. We got a pudding. We're gonna egg it. We got a pudding. We're gonna over egg it. We got a pudding. We got no criticisms. That means it's time for some British colloquialism. So we did. So we did talk about over egging the pudding. I think you over egged the pudding a little bit on that, that intro, but that's I was, fine. I was egging for my life right there. <laughs> so this week uh, I was chatting to someone at work. Very, this is a very simple one, and we were talking about meeting up um, to go out for a drink or something later on. And I said, uh, yep, just give me a dog later. Dog and bone phone. There you go. I said, give me a dog later, a.k.a. like you just said, a.k.a. dog <laughs> comes and around, bone comes phone. Around, comes around with a shih tzu. There you go, mate. Yeah, yeah. Give me a, give me a call. Give me a call later. Give me a dog. Uh, that's my one. That's it. Job done. What's your one? My one is one that I didn't even realise I've been using constantly for the last... Like, I could have used this at any point during our over-egging the puddings. Um, but I'm using the term, and I don't know why so often... Donkey's years, donkey's years, yeah, and obviously it means over a long period of time, and suggests uh, a donkey's ears. You know the the length of a donkey's ears. So yeah, a uh, a very simple, straightforward one, but it's one I'm using so often. You know, like oh, I've been doing that for donkey's years, or he's been doing that. They've been doing that for donkey's years, or whatever. Yep. It's come up a lot, and and I thought I just I'd noticed the other day. I'm like. Wow, I said this again, and I still think I still think Kate has no idea what I'm talking about when I say it. I don't think I've ever explained that one to her. I tell you so what, I it think, is 
It's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable, unbelievable Jeff. Jeff. Do you know what I've been using in the in the in the episode you haven't heard yet because we've recorded this before we've even yeah before we've even posted so the last is, one. This is episode thirty nine and thirty eight hasn't even gone live yet. So yeah, we are well ahead of schedule. I finished editing it last night and Good. I've been dropping in. It's unbelievable, Jeffs. Whenever you say that, so yeah. it's uh, quite funny. <laughs> Good stuff. I do have a question because it's time for Chief Bass Chris a question. Chief Bass Chris a question. What'll he say? What'll he do when Chief Bass Chris a question? It's funny because you asked me a question like about sixty-seven thousand times in yeah. this episode. All right, so all this, right. This I'll change it. This doesn't feel Chief Bass special Chris, another anymore. Another question. Chief Bass Chris, another question, <laughs> etc. Um, uh, you you like a bit of the old uh, the old exercise, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, an athletic <laughs> That was man. an easy one. <laughs> yeah, job done. Join us next week where Chief has a better question. No. Um, when you're partaking in a bit of athleticism, do you... It's a double parter, this one. It's a Ooh. double whammy. A, do you stretch? And B, if so, what's the most satisfying stretch for you? Okay, so I haven't really done like the extreme kind of stuff for a long time I, like i said i, I have mentioned on, pre- on the previous episode i was a semi-professional basketball player for a, a period of time in the united kingdom for a team called the king's lynn fury we were in the national league and you know it was a, a very difficult you were a, a shooting guard i was uh actually what was i in the end i was um Small we we forward. played a certain way where we basically we utilized the fast break bench, so yeah yeah i got a lot of i got a lot of bench minutes in no i so we would basically there would be two of us that would literally race up the court as soon as a shot went up from the other team so we would you know be basically playing the percentages on that sense and by doing that then we'd have like a long pass down the court and then one or two of us would just be laying up all the time so we we'd we'd play almost like i mean i preferred position was shooting guard at six four i was I still am. <laughs> I haven't shrunk yeah, it yet okay. or anything. And so I would, yeah, I, I'd prefer the shooting guard position. I was obviously a huge fan of Jordan. I was a huge fan of the NBA. And I was just like, I was besotted by it. But in the end, I was probably playing more likely in like a forward position. Stretches, man. I don't want your basketball history. So when when I was playing <laughs> semi-pro, stretching was huge. Like we'd have to do a lot of it. And I think my most satisfying one was the up against the wall and it was the calf stretch where you put your foot kind of you're like the one you want to stretch at extended behind you and you kind of like put your foot flat to the floor and then you put your other foot in kind of in underneath your chest kind of bent legged and then you kind of lean against the wall and you'd stretch your your basically your kind of yeah your calf your calf muscles that would be my most satisfying because i felt like i was doing i was i was in a comfortable position basically and i was i felt like i was actually stretching the muscle some of the other stretches i just didn't feel like i was actually doing any good other than just being uncomfortable so yeah that one for me is probably my uh my favorite good stuff good stuff don't um, stretch anymore though i haven't stretched no. for ages i just do light run <laughs> until i and that's it that's all i do you know right yeah do you collapse um, right, join us next week, everyone, for episode 40. We hit the big 4 0. I'll tell you what, both, it slipped both our minds. Aren't we due some sort of award show soon? Well, I ask you that every episode. Do you? I, I'm, 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 you com- do. 
well, yeah, I do. Like, I asked you last time that we should do something special for 100, and then it was like, well, we can't because it's not whatever. All right, okay. Well, we'll we'll uh, we'll put our heads together. We might we might have some awards. Maybe not. Uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover next week for issues. Maybe the maybe the one after, if we can maybe squeak just one or two issues in, then we can have a bit of an awards thing. We'll we'll work it out. We'll work I take it, it we've hit a year then. We've hit another year. I think yeah uh, yeah I think we have done yeah we def- definitely have two years two years worth of geo material. Okay, uh, cool. But anyway, anyway, that's for us to decide and, and uh, let you know about. But if you do want to read along, then uh, pick up and read issues 112, 13, 14 and 15 uh, ahead of next week's episode. You can find us in all the usual places. Talking underscore Joe on Twitter. Talking Joe Comics at gmail.com. Talking Joe Comics on Instagram. And Talking Joe, a G.I. Joe podcast on Facebook. Uh, if you want to rate and review us, you know, give us five stars and all that kind of jazz. Do it on iTunes or wherever, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you listen. Give us some of that. We're in much love out to you for that. But if the people want find people who listen to the show want to get a hold of you, how can they do it? Diagnostic80 on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, the Full Force podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Patreon, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. I am starting to crash big time. Um, so what I need to do is go and ice that almond, orange and courgette cake uh, and then probably eat half of it with a cup of tea. That sounds quite <laughs> nice. And I did post, very quickly, I did post some pictures on Twitter. I tried making a spinach and spring green cannelloni and it was looking really great. You saw the pictures, didn't you? Yeah, this should have been in your mind. This yeah. should have been. Ah, oh, damn it. I want to go back in time. Let's re-record the whole episode again so I can put this in. Uh, <laughs> I had uh, wilted down with the spinach with some garlic and chilli and spring greens, put it in a blender. I was going to spoon it into these cannelloni tubes, but that's hard work with a spoon. So I was going to get a piping bag, chop the end off and ju- 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 squeeze it in. Hey. And <laughs> But because my missus, we're no plastic in the house anymore, I, there was no plastic bag to put it in. So I had a paper bag, uh, like a greengrocer's paper bag, put it all in there but of course because the mixture was still hot when I picked the bag up the seam along the bottom split and it went all over the side down the washing machine on the floor and there's my uh, spinach and spring green cannelloni that's so sad I managed to rectify the situation because I am great I managed to in the freezer I had some corn mints as in corn Q-U-O-R-N mints and a can of butter beans and I fried those up and then shoved those into the cannellonis and uh, it was actually really tasty. But then cleaning up all that green gunk from all over the side of the floor and the washing machine wasn't fun. So there you go. There's a bonus inside Chief's mind. So they, I didn't go a week without something going wrong. So chalk it up. That's 39 weeks in a row where something f***ed me off. Done. Happy. I'm happy now. I'm happy. And I'm sad that at the beginning of the show there was nothing in my mind. Now I've reminded myself that I'm annoyed. So... There you go. Time for me to go and lie down. It's been a good week. We will catch you down the road. Bye. I'll stop now.